0: Quinn, and this is Mentally Together. Because whether you can see it on the surface or not, we are all just trying to keep ourselves mentally together. And no matter what our brains are experiencing, we're not alone. We're together. Right now, as I'm recording this, it is June, which is LGBTQIA plus Pride Month, the time of year, not that we shouldn't be celebrating this the entire year, but this month in particular, we honor and celebrate those in the LGBTQIA community and all of the progress we've made in people being able to live openly and authentically as themselves. Which, I don't know if you've been following the news lately, sometimes it does not feel as if we're making as much progress as we feel we should. There have been so many attacks on the LGBTQIA community lately. Some of those are physical attacks, like people threatening to or actually attacking pride events like drag shows or attacking trans people. And then there's all the non-physical stuff, but the legislative, political, actually passing bills to take away rights from people. And it is all very upsetting. That is putting it very lightly, because... The goal of this podcast is not to make you feel worse about the state of the world, because if your brain's anything like my brain, it's not feeling great about it. This week, the goal of this podcast is to hopefully leave you feeling a little bit better. So let's see if we can do that today. This episode, we are going to celebrate some wonderful humans in the LGBTQIA community. People who have graciously and vulnerably come on the pod and shared their stories and experiences with mental health. And since identity can be very much tied to mental health, these humans have also shared stories about coming out, about becoming a drag queen for the first time, about queer representation in media and online harassment. Clearly, the experience of every person in the LGBTQIA community is different. And you will hear that in these stories. Some will talk about their amazingly positive experience coming out, while others weren't so lucky. And some of these wonderful humans enjoy picking a label, and others don't identify with a particular label as much. So, let's get into it! This first one, we are going to hear from the wonderful, talented Portland drag queen Poison Waters, aka Kevin Cook, when they're not in all the Poison getup, which they were on the podcast. So if you've not watched the video version of that episode or you're not watching the video version of this episode, go do that on YouTube because Poison is just a beautiful sight to be seen. (laughs) I actually got to go see Poison perform in Portland a couple of weeks ago at Darcell's, and she is so good. The way she commands a stage and an audience... And she just sparkles up there. Ah, it's wonderful. So in this clip, Poison talks about how she got the name Poison Waters and shares a little bit of a look into what the drag community was like back in the 80s. So where did Poison come from? Where does the name and also how did that character... And clearly it's it's part of you. Like it's not just a character. It is, it's, yeah, it, it's a lot like, of the real you. Where does that yeah, come from?
1: It's all come together. So in uh, 1988... Just before then, I, I graduated high school in 86, out in Park Rose, East County, and then I went to Mountain community college out in Gresham, or Troutdale. and then um, that the new Max line had just opened up, and so it opened a whole new world to me yes. and my friends, because we could zip downtown, and we didn't even have, you know, most of us didn't have cars, or not really access to downtown, and we heard about this place called The City. Yes. I thought they meant like downtown Portland. Well, they were talking about this under ground but it wasn't underground all ages gay nightclub and I'm like oh my gosh we're gonna go there so we went there and it was dark and seedy and fabulous and big glow black lights and boys dance with boys and girls dance with girls and I'd never seen anything like that before and I was mesmerized. It was literally like Alice when she goes through the looking glass. Wow what is happening? So fast forward a little bit and they would we would be dancing and everybody's having a good time. Well at midnight the dancing would stop, and we all had to sit down on the dirty, icky, sticky dance floor from the sodas that I spilled to the chips that I spilled, and watch a drag show. Well, I'd never seen a drag show, and I didn't really think they were that cool. So I was like, "What is this? They're just wearing, you know, clothes from the mall, lip syncing not very well." And I just thought it wasn't for me. And also, I really love the dancing, and I'm kind of a Virgo, you know, uh, energy tamer, so I didn't want to sit on the floor. <laughs> so it was all working against me, and so. Each weekend, we'd go down there, and we'd dance and have fun, and then we'd have to stop and sit for the drag show, and then we would get to dance again. So otherwise, I would have left, but we could dance afterwards. Anyway, one time, we had special guest performer drag queens, because it was normally just the kids that went to the All Ages nightclub. And it was four black queens, and they were all dressed in white, and they did a whole musical review, a medley of numbers from the musical Dreamgirls which I'd never heard of musical dream girls. And I didn't know anything about the embers and ourselves. So to me, it was just all fabulous and fancy and they were in sequins and feathers and fur and really like high glitz and glam. And it struck me that because all of a sudden I was enjoying this drag show and then it occurred to me, I hadn't seen a black drag queen and I hadn't seen a drag queen that wasn't wearing like booty shorts or like, you know, doc martens and a raver t-shirt these were like what you would consider you know a classic drag queen so that's what i was like oh my gosh so i kind of you know fell in love with all of them and, and i one weekend one of the performers his name was rosie waters said hey does anybody want to learn how to do drag i'm going to make a new mm-hmm. drag daughter and i don't even know what that meant but i raised my hand so fast and they like, okay and so then we got to be friends and part of that was like you know telling me where to shop and where to buy and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't know anything about putting on makeup. I have a sister who's one year older. So I would like sneak her makeup and try on some of her clothes and try to make it work. And I was horrible. Well, then Rosie waters helped me and we bought a wig and clothes and um, all this stuff. well, then he said, well, you need a name, right? What is your name going to be? He said, your last name is Waters, because Rosie Waters, Then one of the other performers was Misty Waters.
0: So you were like like their child? So you like yeah, had I their last name?
1: I was the child, <laughs> and I got to have the Waters name And it. I was, the, I was the enemy of all, and still am, by the way. So um, I worked at the mall, as I said, and I went to Nordstrom, and I would walk through on my lunch break and look at all the pretty things and smell all the perfumes, and there was a Christian Dior perfume that had just come out, and it was in a beautiful purple bottle and a a green and black gold box, and it was called Poison, and I loved the smell. So Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to be Poison Waters, and they were like, what? You can't be Poison, that's not a real name. And I'm like, but that's what I want to be, so that was my name. The
0: point is that it's not a real name. Like, it's not supposed to be a real name. I'm
1: not a real person. Or, I mean, I am. But, you know, right. so, Yeah, I um, it took a while. Uh, the, even to this day, some people are like, that's such a name that sounds, poison sounds toxic. And you're just the opposite. You're so sweet and loving and da-da-da. And I'm like, well, there was a time, let me tell you, in my early days when I was kind of a bitchy, negative Nancy. So, <laughs> that it, it made sense back then. And then, funny side story, for 12 years, I worked for the state of Oregon Department of Environmental Quality. So people would always say, "Oh, is your name Poison Waters?" Because of the key. I'm like, "No, <laughs> I was Poison Waters way before I got this burger job."
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, that's good. Good
1: origin story. Right? Poison I, Waters. Origin, it's a good origin story.
0: And there's no more Waters. Like you didn't have any
1: baby drag queens. No, you know, I I no, it just wasn't ever really my thing. Like all of my um, Waters friends and the other so many of the um, drag queen friends died from AIDS in the um, in the early '90s. So all that group that had brought me up the the, most of them are gone Mm. and so it kind of was like you know that name's going to stay with me and because i knew them and i think anybody even nowadays like if i did get it nobody would really get the 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 weight of what that name means and what it carries because they were pillars of our um, lgbtq community for decades and everybody knows um you know uh, of a certain age when you say misty waters or rosy waters or Lady Lane peacock you were like oh my gosh they know what that means I think nowadays, kids, they wouldn't get it and I wouldn't feel right. So, nope, I'll be in the final waters.
0: And what a wonderful waters she is. If you live in Portland, you got to go see her sometime because it is just so much fun and so enjoyable to watch someone just living their best life. <laughs> Next up, we have two humans, Lisa Kaz and Alize Falk, who both identify as queer, and they both came on the podcast together to talk about their upcoming short film, Up and Down, which talks a lot about bipolar disorder. In this clip, you'll hear them refer to the film and the main character in the film, Camille. So when you hear the name Camille, that's what they're talking about. And one of the things Lisa and Alize are hoping to accomplish with their film, and hopefully will be accomplished in the rest of the media world, is more queer representation. So I really enjoyed getting to hear their perspective on that.
2: I feel like we are people, too. You know, it's like, oh, she's bipolar. She has ADT. I don't know. She's queer. I'm like, yeah, but I'm something else, too. And not just, like, those labels, you know? like A person. You know, like, when you think about someone who's straight and doesn't struggle with mental health, you're not like... Oh, straight. Oh, (laughs) fighting with mental health. It's not even like, you know, it's it's just like in movies. I really hope at one point we can just reach that point where like a character's sexuality or like gender, just it's part of, yeah, the character. But it's like the entire plot is not about them coming out or, I mean, those stories are important and we need them. But I just, yeah, eventually I just hope we reach that point where we've had, you know stories for people to be like fine with anything and it's just yeah one character is straight the other one is gay that's fine eventually but
3: as long as i mean there there are two sides eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they, there's there's two things because starting it now is important because that means that the new generation sees that as completely normal because if you only do coming out stories with like difficulties and yeah. things like that what it gets to the new generation is that oh it's still not normal Mm. except that now it's being accepted not to be normal instead of giving that idea of like, well, it exists and that's it. And there's no, there's no, there's no question. There's no story. There is nothing. And at the same time for the people who are struggling and having that community and that support and seeing other characters. And I mean, the day I can finally watch shows that have uh, LGBT characters and not and be able to actually choose not to watch the ones that I think won't be great. Because right now, if I want to see a queer character, I have to watch everything. And I've probably watched a lot of <laughs> a lot of about everything. And it's sometimes I watch a show just because there is an LGBT character in it and be like, I want to. I want some queerness around. I want to. I want to watch yeah. something. And the day I'll be able to say, "Oh, this show looks like I'm not interested in that," so I'll just watch mm-hmm. something else because there's enough. Then we might talk. But right now, we're so not there. Yeah, <laughs> we're not there yet. And, and to go, to go
2: back to like coming out, and I feel like yeah, we have so many like stories of coming out and parents are not accepting and their kids. And yeah, it doesn't like kids that are watching this are like, "Oh, I should not come out. Like this is not going to go well." That's why I love uh, Sheets Creek, the way they handled everything in that show. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, normal yeah. and Like, yeah, they, like Patrick comes out and it's just, yeah, there's no problem at all. And it's just- David's like, I like
0: white wine. I like red wine. Sometimes I like oh mixed my God, wines. and Yeah,
3: it's great. <laughs> but, but like, ultimately it's not about whether there is, uh, whether one is better than the other. No. It's about having enough that we don't, put one character as a representation for the entire yeah. community because that's yeah. what's happening. And that's what we, that's why we put a disclaimer on Camille and like on, up and down. It's because there is not much mm-hmm. bipolar disorder films or characters mm-hmm. out there. And so when you see fun, like you finally see one, that's the point of reference for everyone yeah. around. And it's like, Oh, a bipolar character. oh yeah, I know this one. And there is yeah. one. And it, it became, it was the same for uh, the, the, the queer community where like, oh one person is coming out and this is how you come out and this yes. is the coming out it's like no there are many 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 ways you can come out there are many many ways it can go actually as many as people mm-hmm. uh as mm-hmm. there are people in either way and it's okay the yeah. day we can finally say oh this is just this character's story yeah and it yeah. does not represent the entire community yeah. it's just one story then that's fine and so it's not that one coming out is better and thing it's like now no, that's we're not getting what I was trying to say yeah we're yeah, getting yeah. we 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 have a lot of coming out stories um that are a one way thing and so now they are possibilities to expand Mm -hmm. and talk about different subjects maybe not even coming out and maybe totally different different stories Mm -hmm. and it's like okay so but because we have enough to like start seeing multiple experiences Mm -hmm. different ways can go and then you can expand Mm -hmm. so that it's not one character fits the entire community because it's impossible
0: (laughs) exactly one person's experience cannot represent everyone just like anything else. One person's experience with depression is different than the next person's experience with depression, right? Speaking of coming out, we got to have Megan Mitchell, the TikTok famous lesbian news anchor on the pod to talk about a lot of things, including ADHD, OCD, and what her experience was coming out. And one of you wonderful listeners actually wrote into the pod asking for her advice on coming out. And here's what she said.
4: Yeah, I would say okay, the biggest thing is don't come out until you are ready to come out and until you feel like you have like a community and a support system who who you know are going to be um caring for you and supporting you because we went to Emerson College and it is a very LGBTQ friendly school. So Mm-hmm. In, in my situation, my parents weren't very accepting. They are now, I should add 10 years after the, I mean, it took them a few years, but yeah, I had that community at Emerson and at my friends at Emerson. So I didn't feel totally alone and in despair and like, Oh God, like I'm never going to have a family the rest of my life.
0: Yeah,
4: It gave me the hope to keep going and having those people in my air being like, Megan, you're not doing anything wrong is so important. So don't come out until you feel ready to come out until you have that support system too.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. And I do love hearing you talk about your parents and that whole storyline because hearing it now, hearing that now they are super supportive of you and everything, but like sucks that they weren't, but obviously that's something that a lot of people can look at and go, Oh, cool. My parents aren't supportive right now or my friends or whoever or whatever. And then there's like, we can, or you can let, you know, if they're not gonna be supportive, like, fine, they can be out of your life. But like, there also is hope that maybe they will get there.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, you have to do what's best for you. I had a feeling that if I really kept at it and just acted like nothing was wrong, they would eventually (laughs) turn around. And about five to six years after they, they started getting a lot better.
0: I love watching Megan's TikToks because, well, for a million reasons, but I really love the ones when she features her parents because, like she just explained there, they weren't supportive for a while, but now her younger brother also came out as gay a few years ago, and this year, for Pride Month, her parents threw her a pride party. (laughs) So, thank you, Megan, for always entertaining us on the internet and sharing wonderful, thoughtful insights as well. The next clip comes from author Leanne Saffer, who shares so much insight and personal experience in her book, Please Don't Send Me Flowers, which came out last year. And a big chunk of the book talks about her experience with breast cancer. And it also talks about leaving an abusive relationship and her latest, most wonderful, beautiful relationship, her
5: marriage to her wife. And then it goes into when I met my wife, and how much of a fuck that was, because I was like, I like men. Oh, my God, she's a woman. What, what do I do? Um, and this, uh, the same thing, like the shame that I felt around that, because it happened so close to my divorce and um, how to deal with, you know, I'm in the community. I'm in public eye. Like people love to watch me and they love to talk about me. So people are talking about me. I'm trying to hide it. I'm trying to come out to my parents who are like, um, when a man loves a woman and that's the only story. And all these people asking me, when did you know you were gay? And I'm like, I'm not gay. <laughs>
6: oh my God. I didn't know. I just know that I love this woman
7: very much.
5: Yeah. It's really hard for people to understand that you don't have to put a label on it and you don't have to put somebody in a box. And I'm like, I don't know why it makes you feel better to say I'm gay, straight, by whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so we talk a lot about that and just what it was like for me to step into this world of like, okay, now I I am like a part of this gay community. So how do I like fight with them, you know, for their rights? Because I never gave it a second thought as a straight woman, which is terrible. You know, like I have gay friends, whatever. I thought I was doing the right thing, but I'm like, oh no no no, no. this is like ongoing for these people, and they're scared yeah. all the time, and they have to come out, and it's so dumb so I talk a lot about that and then what it was like for us to like get together and how that felt you know with my religious family and with society and with all these people whispering about us um so those are the first two sections of the book I loved all of the sections of
0: Leanne's book so if you want to read it it's called please don't send me flowers I'll put a link in the show notes are you struggling with mental health issues, your identity, or just need someone to talk to? Help should be accessible to everyone, and members of the LGBTQIA community are at a higher risk for experiencing mental health conditions, especially depression and anxiety. Pride Counseling wants to help. By providing online therapy to the LGBTQ community, they make help accessible and accepting of everyone. They provide a platform for people to get the help they need discreetly, affordably, and conveniently. Therapists on Pride Counseling are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited, and all specialize in the LGBTQ community. They also have therapists who specialize in specific issues like stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, depression, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, anger, grief, self-esteem, basically whatever is bugging you, there's someone to talk to about it. Counselors are available 24-7 and you can talk with them on the phone, by video call, or even text. If you're ready to try pride counseling for yourself, just click the link in the show notes to let them know we sent you.
8: Now, back to the show!
0: Next up, we have a clip from XRE, a wonderful queer songwriter, performer, and mental health advocate. XRE is now in her first relationship with a woman, and the way she got there is definitely different than any other story I have heard, so I
7: loved hearing it from her. So Reiki is energy healing, and it's really just tapping into the body's energy to move it around and release traumas and um, pain. So um, I'm not a level three master, but I did in my first level that I took, found out in very quickly that I'm, I get psychic messages. And it's been really interesting. Yeah. And so many of the messages that have come to me have been so clear with people that they're like, I was on the phone talking exactly about that challenge of going through an hour ago or how did you know I hurt my knee? Like just things like that. So it's been, and so I did it on myself. Um and I was like, okay, well I've never done it on myself. Let's give it a go. And the message I got was you're not ready for true love until you go through a certain experience. So I asked, okay, what's that certain experience? Didn't get an answer. So it felt like it was open ended and I need to like marinate on that a little. And then I was just having like different conversations with friends and one thing led to another. And, um, I had this revelation that was like, I think that experience is dating women. And like, I couldn't tell you exactly what made me pinpointed at that. Cause I wasn't like a closeted gay. Like I wasn't like hiding it and suppressing anything. I wasn't like, I literally never entertained it in my life other than like <laughs> kissing girls for fun in high school to like at a party, whatever, you know, yeah. I never like thought of it seriously. I just thought that's something you do when you're a teenager for fun, you know? <laughs> and I never in my life imagined being with a woman. I just didn't know that that was available to me really. And I just like was like, hmm, well, I need to trust my inner voice because my inner voice, like, god call it the universe call it your spirit guides call it source energy whatever it is is sending me a direct message and i believe in listening to messages that are given to me every time i've suppressed a message i was wrong and i should have listened to it so i decided Mm. i'm gonna go all in on this so i changed my (laughs) dating apps to interested in women i like went all out and like met a ton of people online and then i narrowed it down and i met three different girls in one week oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the first two dates, but it like, rains a pours. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this feels like a friend. Like this doesn't feel like I feel like I'm out for dinner with a new friend. Like this doesn't yeah. feel romantic. Second date, the same feeling, and I was like, what am I doing? like I'm listening to my my inner guys. You're telling me something, but like, what is it? it? Feels like friends. I don't know what this is. And then on my way to my third date in the Uber, I was like, okay, if this there isn't a click here. I'm just going to sit back. It doesn't mean I give up on dating, but I'm not going to be so actively, intensely dating and focused. I'm just going to like relax, you know? And then lo and behold, that's when Anya walks up and I'm like, Ooh, I could, I'm attracted. I'm interested. And, and we've been dating ever since. And um, oh, so cute. we have plans to move in together very soon. We're going on a big Euro trip and it's very exciting. She has life partner material, and uh, and it's just so interesting. You've
0: made a whole album about her, you know. No yeah, big deal. <laughs> totally.
7: We have our artwork on the wall. I'm at her place right now, and we have the artwork sorry, and Anya on the wall. And um, yeah, it's just a really eye-opening experience, and it goes to show how important it is to listen to our inner voice and to listen to our spirit guides or whatever each person connects to, whether it's universe God your dog, whatever it is, you know, that you praise. (laughs) But, um, you know, I like to think of it as the universe and my spirit guides kind of connecting with me and telling me, guiding me along the way.
0: You heard XRE just talk about going on an upcoming Euro trip with Anya and they just did it for Pride Month and it was really fun to follow along on their Instagram stories and see what they were getting up to. So, if you want some more XRE and Anya, beautiful, adorable, wonderful, romantic content in your life, go follow her on Instagram. Now we have a not-so-positive story to share. Well, it has a positive ending, but there's a lot of... Crap <laughs> throughout it from Logan Lynn. Logan is also a singer, songwriter, performer, and mental health advocate, and a big advocate in the LGBTQIA space. A lot of that part of his advocacy is rooted in really horrible experiences that he had on the internet with homophobic internet trolls. But that led to him wanting to and actually helping create a safer space on the internet for everyone.
8: You know, my first record came out in 1998, and I've been openly gay this whole time, singing about gay stuff. So, I have always had trolls. Always, actually, at a certain point in 2018, really organized against me, re- really, terribly homophobic, um, trying to get me to kill myself, essentially through an online campaign wow. where 28,000 right. of them were commenting on every post I, I made. Twenty-eight thousand. It was horrible. But that reaction i had to that again being kind of punk rock was to be like no i'm gonna make this work not just for me but for also for my community because everybody else is just accepting that this is how the internet is that, that like oh yeah reddit you're getting tortured on reddit that's because that's what happens on reddit it's like no that, that oh. is a absolutely unacceptable business model so i started fighting tech companies at that time And luckily I had a team, not every queer or trans person that's getting tortured online has a team of people. They can be like, all right, everybody, we're going to go, like, we're going to take down Goliath. And so I used that team and my experience first to do a public storytelling campaign, which was People Magazine, all sorts of LGBTQ media me on the internet every every day, just posting what I was going through. And then eventually working with Reddit and other companies to get some of those policies changed specifically around what was happening with this group on their site and me. And that led then to the folks at .gay partnering with me to help completely inform the safety and abuse policies. And just also like it sort of, you know, we used all that experience of me and, and several other LGBTQ people who had found themselves the target of this over the years, used those experiences to think through, like, what would a safer, better internet look like for queer and trans people? And can we use .gay to help folks? So we did, you know, Dot .gay launched. Yes. It's a fundraiser for GLAD and Centerlink, which is the community of LGBT centers all, all across the globe. So every name that's registered, equals a donation to those orgs that are helping keep people safe in the real world while we sort of with each site that gets registered, transform the internet into a safer place. And we take down yes. sites. If you're, if you belong to a hate group, we take your money, we donate it. And then we take down your site. Yes.
0: Oh, That's perfect. part of
8: our policy. Like it's built into the business model, um, to actually, you know, sort of Robin hood, some of the trolls. <laughs>
0: I love that. That's so cool. Way to make the internet and the world better with all of those things. <laughs>
8: Thank you. It has been pretty fun. To, you know, it was the most successful internet domain launch in internet history, yes. um, which was really cool. And I just threw out the whole thing was like, ha, ah, <laughs> suck yeah. it, trolls. You suck yes. it. because it not only helped the world, but it also helped me. Yes. Deal. And, and you so, literally
0: get to tell them to suck it. Like you just, oh
8: man, that's genius. Yeah, their genius. trolling ended up with me getting a big payday. So thank you.
0: Thank you very much. 28,000. Oh my God. I can't even like
8: Love many, you, mean that it. many
0: people. Jeez.
8: Um, you know, it was really scary at the time. Um, but was, I think, good for me in a way in that the worst has happened. My worst internet fears, like where people are just making stuff up, just absolutely generating fake news, making documentaries about me and people in my life, oh, like all oh of gosh. that has happened. And so I'm a little bit free now. I, you know, I feel like zero fear. I, I say what I want to say. And I always did, but I think there was a little bit of me that knew that I needed to hold back a little, maybe, around um, sort of exposing myself. I just don't feel that way anymore. I feel free.
0: If you are listening to this episode and it is still the month of June, aka Pride Month, then you can actually get a free .gay domain. So, like, whatever your name is or whatever fun idea you have in your head, that's the website, .gay. So, if you're interested, I will put a link in the show notes so you can go do that. And last, but definitely not least, we have content creator, YouTuber, Elena Joy, who definitely has a very public coming out journey. A bunch of years ago, she came out on her YouTube channel as bisexual, because at the time, that is how she identified. But then, years later, after being engaged to a man, she realized, oh, I'm actually gay. So I loved talking to her about how it feels to finally get to be who she is and not hide anything from anyone anymore. Watching you currently, it Mm -hmm. seems like you are genuinely happy and just, like, enjoying life. Is that how it feels to you?
6: (laughs) It's, yeah, it has been a roller coaster since last year, understandably. What? Uh I can't see how that would be possible. <laughs> yeah. if, uh, if any of you don't know, I, long story short, I did as bi for many, many years and then uh, realized I am in fact not bi. I'm just a big old gay. Um, big switch up <laughs> uh, uh-huh.
7: about
8: a year
6: ago. And yes, things have been a roller coaster, but oh, I've never felt so free. I've never felt so free Aww. in my entire life. So I'm glad it shows.
0: That is wonderful. I know it's cool. I mean, when I was preparing for this interview, I was looking back at some of your old videos and it's so, I mean, I hate looking back at my own videos because I just look like an awkward, weird person. Mm -hmm. But like, it's so interesting to look back at anybody's videos. But since I was looking at yours today, it's like, whoa, she looks like a totally different person. (gasps) And you seem happy and like you were enjoying what you were talking about then too. But then to look at what you're doing now, it's like, oh, she looks from the outside, again, assuming mm-hmm. you look so comfortable and just like you're doing what you want to do and living how you want to live. And it's wonderful
6: to see. <laughs> that is so neat to hear from an outside perspective because I do not go back and watch the old things. I have not looked at them. since, <laughs> <laughs> Except I think I did one reacting video. Other than that, I like, oh, yeah. have not looked at them. So it's interesting to hear that this feeling of freedom and feeling of, yeah, like you said, living my life the way that I've always wanted to is it shows.
0: Do you? So I, you know, just like everybody who've been in quarantine for over a year now, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I feel like a totally different person than I did a year ago for whatever reason, just like my job has changed. What I'm doing in my day to day has changed. I've spent way too much time inside my own brain. Is that how you feel? I mean, that's without you know, I am not you, I have not had the same experience that you have had of Mm -hmm. literally finding a new identity in yourself in the past year. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like a totally different person? Or do you feel like it's always been this Elena? And
6: I feel like, uh, yes and no, I feel like a totally different person in the way that like, I just get to be who I am. And I'm not hiding anything anymore. And that's, that goes for hiding anything from myself, hiding anything from my family, hiding anything from the internet. Before, I was always like trying to convince myself of who I was supposed to be or who I wanted to be, or I would set a path for myself, and then I could not deviate from that path, whether or not it was making me happy. And now, it's just like, <laughs> I can just... Be myself and there's no more secrets. There's no more like the internet knows about my identity and the non-monogamy and like all of that stuff. So there's no more like dodging questions and trying to figure out like what's okay to say, what's if my family hears this, what are they gonna think? If all of that is gone. That's amazing, which is what
0: a lot of people like watching from the outside, anybody's content, you don't necessarily think of that. It's like, oh, you're just you are making the videos you want to make. But they don't know that there might be all those things in your head. Like that happens for me a lot talking about mental health and like Mm -hmm. thinking about what are my parents going to think? Oh, do they know this? Do they know this about my brain? What are they going to think? And so yeah, that is a really nice thought that like, if everybody just knows everything, then
6: you can just do it. (laughs) There's no, obviously there's something to be said about boundaries and like figuring out what you're comfortable sharing and what you aren't. But specifically for me in terms of sexuality, in my day-to-day life, ever since junior high, ever since high school, I have always been a very open person. I've always been a sexual person. I've always been like, that's the, that's the way that I lean in my regular Mm -hmm. life. And I think I spent a lot of time online kind of being afraid to be that person. Ooh. Yeah. Publicly. Uh Um, even though I was very much living it <laughs> in, my, in my real life, <laughs> that VidCon you were talking about before you started recording, like, we're there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> the secrets.
6: Uh huh. But um, that was one piece that always felt like I wasn't being my full self online because I was afraid of the judgment. And there were people in my regular life that didn't know. Whereas mm. now it's like, There's no, I have nothing to be ashamed of. There's no, I don't, I'm not ashamed of anything that I've done or anything that I've said. And it's really a breath of fresh air to be able to share those things. Even if people, certain people might disagree, certain people might, I might get judged or whatever. It's the truth. So what, so what, what am I going to do? Yeah. It's the truth.
0: (laughs) That, yeah, that's a great thing for everybody to apply to their lives just it's your truth so
6: don't be ashamed of it (laughs) no and like you can't it's a lose lose to try and curate a specific image or to try and curate a a narrative that isn't necessarily true because even if people love you for it they're not loving you for who you really are and if Mm -hmm. they hate you for it (laughs) then you're just losing (laughs) all around because it's not true anyway yeah you know this is my real Experience. This is my real life, and if somebody doesn't like that, it doesn't matter. Yes, <laughs> click sure. on it the video. Yes, yeah. yep. And I find that it actually resonates with people more—the mm-hmm. truth. I just love
0: Elena and her content so much. So, if you want some more fun LGBTQIA content in your life, go watch her YouTube channel, her TikToks, or her Instagram, where she says, the magic happens. <laughs> and that is it. Those are the wonderful stories of the amazing LGBTQIA humans we have had here on the Mentally Together podcast. So thank you to every one of those people for coming on and being vulnerable and sharing your stories. And thank you, wonderful human, for listening to this episode of Mentally Together. And I, Cassidy Quinn, will see you right back here next week. It will not be June anymore, but it will be July, my personal favorite month of the year, because, you know, that's when I was born or whatever. So in the meantime, go do something nice for your brain today go to a drag show, I swear, if that does not cheer you up, I don't know what will. (laughs) Go watch some of Megan's TikToks, Elena's YouTube videos, listen to Logan's music, watch XRE's music videos, or just go do something nice for someone and make their day better. Make sure they know they are loved and accepted in this world. Because remember, we are all just trying to keep ourselves
4: mentally
7: together.
0: together is produced, hosted and edited by Cassidy Quinn in collaboration with Koba FM, a podcast network that is all about community baby